the best technology we have in this space today and see what happens when you take computer security experts and you ask them to apply it to uh, the problem of software security. And I'm hoping to see just leaps and leaps forward uh, in what's possible. On this episode of the Defense Scoop podcast, how DARPA is looking to AI to fend off cyber vulnerabilities through a challenge program. It's Wednesday, October 18th, 2023. Welcome to the Defense Scoop podcast, where you'll hear all about what's going on across the defense technology landscape. I'm the host of the Defense Scoop podcast, Billy Mitchell. Here's what's happening now. The Pentagon's chief digital and AI office is losing another key leader. Joe Larson, CDAO's head of algorithmic warfare, is leaving the department early next year, Defense Scoop first reported this week. Before joining CDAO in 2022 as a founding member, Larson led the Pentagon's algorithmic warfare cross-functional team, which was formerly known as Project Maven, within the office of the Undersecretary of Defense Intelligence and Security, which he helped co-found in 2016. In a draft release sent to Defense Scoop, the CDAO said Larson has been an invaluable asset to our organization during his tenure and his expertise and leadership have played a vital role in advancing our mission. In other news, the Office of the Chief of Naval Operations is working to develop a new conceptual blueprint that's envisioned to reflect the many and often shifting elements of their organization's sprawling information architecture. That's according to CNO Deputy Navy Data Officer Nathan Hagen, who spoke last week at AFSIA's annual Naval IT Day. During a panel, Hagen briefly spotlighted this new in-the-works plan, which he said is being designed for continuous updates in the future. It's also inspired by the Marine Corps Information Environment Blueprint from 2018, which was created to help guide and inform capabilities for the Marine Expeditionary Force Information Groups, or MIGs. Those forces, formed in 2017, support each expeditionary force and integrate electronic warfare with intelligence communications, military information support operations, space, cyber, and communication strategies to provide commanders with an information advantage. Hagen said the new blueprint is being drafted as officials are refactoring the entire architecture of naval information systems. You could read more about these stories and much, much more at defensescoop.com. Cybersecurity firms have pioneered the use of artificial intelligence in their products, but the latest generation of AI technology offers hope that a greater share of the work to secure computer systems can be automated. A new competition at the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, also known as DARPA, aims to jumpstart efforts to build open source AI tools to find and fix vulnerabilities. Program manager Perry Adams leads that effort and recently caught up with my colleague Elias Grohl on the CyberScoop Safe Mode podcast to discuss how to encourage developers to build tools that anyone might use to secure computer systems. I'm joined today by Perry Adams, a program manager at DARPA who's overseeing the Artificial Intelligence Cyber Challenge. Perry Adams. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for coming on the show. Mm. So... You're overseeing the AI Cyber Challenge. This is a competition to find breakthrough AI technologies in cybersecurity. For listeners who might not be aware of this program, this challenge, walk us through the competition. What is it you're trying to accomplish here? So this is a two-year-long DARPA challenge where DARPA is putting nearly $20 million on the line to incentivize the development of new technology 
that can automatically find and fix vulnerabilities in software at scale. So we want to leverage AI, leverage these new modern advances in AI to secure the software on which all Americans rely. And so we're challenging, we're challenging teams to <clears throat> to come and develop these AI-driven systems. And we're going to hold a series of competitions over the next two years in which these AI-driven systems will be pitted against each other, challenged to find and fix vulnerabilities in software. And the best system will come out on top and win the top prize of $4 million. Okay. What are we, what's the, what's the end result of this, this project going to be? What, what are we going to have on, on our hands at the end of this? We want to really push the needle in terms of what's possible uh, using AI to secure software. So today we really struggle to secure software at scale. We don't have the amount of manual expert labor it would take to actually find and fix all of the vulnerabilities we currently have in code. And that means that we have critical infrastructure systems that are extremely vulnerable. We have uh, a whole of society problem. Society is built on top of software and this challenge will develop systems that can secure that software at the scale that we currently can't today. One thing that I'm very excited about with regard to this challenge is just who we have coming together to help make sure we can build the best systems possible. So we have OpenAI, Anthropic, Google, and Microsoft who are coming together led by DARPA to make their cutting edge technology available to the competitors of the competition. Uh, and the competitors will build on top of this technology. They can leverage it in the systems they develop. And in doing that, we can take some of the frontier AI models, some of the best uh, the best technology we have in this space today and see what happens when you take computer security experts and you ask them to apply it to uh, the problem of software security. And I'm hoping to see just leaps and leaps forward uh, in what's possible when it comes to automatic software security. So if I'm if I'm a developer, I'm coming to this project, I want to participate and I, I'm like excited by the idea of working with OpenAI and Anthropic, you know, leading players in the space. What what is it that I can expect from these companies? Like what, what are they coming to the table with for this? So the full details of what's made available to the competitors, as well as full challenge details, will be made available uh, later this fall before the challenge officially kicks off uh, in <clears throat> uh, early in 2024. But until then, until then, we can't release the information until until we can release it to basically everyone at once. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so. Are you, are you, I know you're a veteran participant in like capture the flag competitions. Are you thinking about this a little bit as a capture the flag project or competition? So 
I'd say that Capture the Flag was one of the things that inspired uh, this competition. So I actually got my start playing uh, Capture the Flag competitions when I was in college. I was majoring in computer science. But what really motivated me to get into computer security was playing these Capture the Flag competitions. And for people, for your listeners that don't know, uh, this is a you know safe and ethical way for folks to learn about computer security. So you're hacking, uh, you're hacking computers, servers that are set up for the purposes of this competition, and you hack into them and you uh, recover a file which has a string in it, which is the flag. And so you've captured the flag. Essentially, um, we're not we're not running around with uh, ribbons. Uh, uh, <laughs> that would cool, involve. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it would involve a lot more uh, physical uh, prowess than uh, computer security nerds are are known for. Um, but this this kind of competition uh, was really what motivated me to get into computer security. Uh, part of that was just because of uh, the the different kinds of problems you see in CTF and the way that collaboration happened uh, on a on a, the way that collaboration happens on a CTF team is incredibly fun. It's also incredibly powerful. Uh, uh, it's incredibly powerful motivator to get good at a number of different areas. So you'll have challenges that focus on reverse engineering. You'll have challenges that focus on vulnerabilities in uh, binaries. You'll have challenges that focus on uh, web security or application security, as well as cryptography. And so you have folks with expertise in one of these domains or several of them. And to solve challenges, you'll often see a lot of crossover. Uh, and so you'll see people teaming in different ways, coming together to share their expertise. And you learn a lot from other people. Uh, but it's also it, it also demonstrated to me the power of competition to bring together folks from different backgrounds and have them uh, uh, combine their knowledge to really uh, drive something forward. And so that really did motivate me uh, to start the AI Cyber Challenge because we've seen a lot of great advances in computer security in the domain of computer science called program analysis that focuses on understanding code and automatically reasoning about it to potentially discover vulnerabilities. We've also seen great advances in AI. And so this challenge is really about bringing together those two worlds, those two areas of research, and driving innovation at that nexus. Got it. So in going through some of the DARPA materials on this um, ahead of our chat, there's this wonderful phrase in one of your documents in which you ask participants to create a quote, fully autonomous cyber reasoning system. So break that down for us. What are you envisioning that this autonomous cyber reasoning system is going to do? What does that, what does that mean? So we really want to reduce the amount of human intervention necessary to securing systems, securing um, computer systems at scale. So what this challenge will produce is systems that can take in software, find vulnerabilities in that software, and suggest fixes for it. And the way we're thinking about this is based on current software development today, especially in the open source community. And so this challenge, I talked about our AI collaborators earlier, but this challenge 
uh, on this challenge, we'll also partner, uh, we'll also collaborate with the Open Source Security Foundation, which is a a project of the Linux Foundation, to model our challenges on uh, uh, open source uh, libraries, but also to model our systems so that they can fit into uh, the open source development process today. And I, I bring that up here because one thing that the open source community has not just pioneered, but uh, spent decades uh, developing policies and infrastructure around is uh, is commits to code bases. So open source code, anyone uh, in the world might be able to suggest a change to it, might be able to suggest what we call a commit to a repository. But of course, the owner of that code, the owner of that repository will go through and review those commits and will accept the ones that make sense. And if there's a problem with one, uh, uh, might send it back to whoever committed it or might reject it, right? And so we're designing our systems to essentially do the same thing, to automatically identify vulnerabilities in software and to automatically suggest fixes for it. And then it will go through that review process for which the infrastructure already exists. It fits very cleanly within the way that software developers develop code today. Very cool. So when you talk to folks in in open source security world right now, it's, uh, you know, top of mind is still these really Right. Super prevalent bugs in open source libraries that just won't go away. Log4j being, you know, a principal example of that. How are you? Is is it these large scale kind of catastrophic open source vulnerabilities that you're trying to trying to go after with this project? We're really trying to achieve both breadth and depth when it comes to finding vulnerabilities. So. Obviously, we want to find those vulnerabilities that are incredibly potent that we see attackers, we see attackers leveraging. But the goal here is really to get as many uh, vulnerabilities as possible. And so one way in which we're hoping collaborating with the open source community will drive this is open source makes up about you know, 80% of code in many uh, sectors, uh, many critical infrastructure sectors. It also makes up just a majority of the code uh, uh, running on uh, systems just throughout society. And so the issues that the open source uh, community has in terms of security are really representative of uh, uh, software security issues more broadly because it is the majority of, of software. So we're hoping by working with the OpenSSF and uh, using them as a conduit through the community, we can model our challenges based on those security issues that they're seeing today. And we can make sure that we're, uh, uh, that we're exercising a representative set of, uh, uh, the, of those vulnerabilities on our, on our challenges so that we are getting that coverage. Like cybersecurity vendors over the past 10 years have, you know, been selling AI solutions as the next great things and the next great thing in computer security. And at the same time, computer security, broadly speaking, remains a bit of a disaster. Uh, Curious what you think it is about this era of AI that is maybe different, that have might be able to deliver some of those security gains that the industry claims that AI is going to deliver, but broadly speaking, hasn't really? So what I'm 
hoping to see happen on this challenge. Again, going back to how I talked about CTF teams taking folks in different uh, with different areas of expertise and bringing them together, that we're not just throwing AI naively at uh, software security issues, but we're partnering with software security experts, experts in developing automatic solutions for vulnerability discovery, uh, and we're partnering them with uh, uh, leading experts in technology in um, in AI to find solutions that are uh, uh, that are technically informed and that can leverage AI intelligently to secure software. And so that's why I think driving innovation at that nexus is is such an important facet of this. The other the other aspect is we're trying to solve one problem in in computer security, which is vulnerabilities in software. That's a huge problem. You know, that's how hackers get into systems. But there's many different facets of cybersecurity. And when we apply AI to them, we're going to be applying AI in different ways, in ways that are specific to whatever that uh, a suite of problems is. All of the big players in the cybersecurity industry right now are, are, are playing with a lot of the same technologies that, that you're working with here. What, do you, what is it that you think this project is going to achieve that, you know, wouldn't be achieved at a big industry player in CrowdStrike, Google, major kind of like cybersecurity vendors? I'll go back to the focus of this, right, which is about securing software and developing tools that can secure our software. Uh, some of the uh, folks that you just listed really don't focus on uh, security within the software development process. Uh, uh, and, and some of the other folks you listed, such as Google, have come, uh, uh, have uh, gotten on board with this challenge and uh, have come to collaborate with DARPA on this effort. But historically, DARPA has, when it comes to computer security, been one of the leading institutions in this space. The U.S. government has a significant interest in uh, securing our software and developing tools to secure our software that the commercial industry doesn't necessarily um, I. I that the commercial industry doesn't necessarily have. And so uh, we're hoping that uh, DARPA can continue leadership in that space uh, to, to drive uh, development of technology for, again, software security. Yeah, I mean, in, in that way, is this, is this about trying to get more resources or, or greater technical ability like into open source development communities that, you know, really... You know, in some of these cases, you have you know one or two people maintaining a, a library that serves as a totally crucial aspect of the the software ecosystem, and yet doesn't have the types of security resources that you know the big players do. Yeah, and I think I think that's exactly right. I mean, I'm sure your listeners have heard uh, people talk about the challenges in open source security for for a very long time. There's the very famous XKCD comic of uh, a giant. Um, I th you know exactly what I'm talking about of a uh, a giant software project that's modeled as a bunch of um, a bunch of blocks on top of each other like Jenga, and then you have one tiny block holding up a huge portion of it. That's one guy in the Midwest who's maintaining this one software library on which the rest of the project the project relies. And this is this really gets at the uh, heart of 
uh, how valuable open source is and how critical it is that we come together as a community to secure it because open source is, uh, is in many cases a volunteer, uh, is a, um, is the open source community is made up of volunteers who give away their time and energy to uh, maintain these software projects that are found uh, uh, that that are found in numerous code bases that are really ubiquitous, and they don't have a lot of resources at their disposal when it comes to when it comes to security. Uh, uh, and yet we all rely on them, and they're part of our uh, software supply chains. And so this is really about giving those developers additional resources and giving them the tools they need to secure their software without them having to go out and develop specific expertise in software security on top of everything else they're already doing for free. And as I understand it, the the outcomes of this, the winning projects, they're all going to be open sourced and made available to the developer community totally freely, right? Absolutely, absolutely. So um, one thing that we are uh, we are doing is um, tying prize money to open sourcing open sourcing your your project. Uh, sorry, your AI driven system that uh, you're developing on AICC. And what we're also doing is working with uh, OpenSSF to uh, uh, to package uh, the outputs of AICC in a way that fits within the software developers, uh, the software development pipeline for uh, open source projects. Uh, and, and because uh, the commercial industry largely mirrors uh, uh, the open source community in terms of software development lifecycle and the processes there, such as CICD build pipelines, et cetera, by packaging in a way that fits within the, um, uh, that that fits within the uh, development life cycles for open source uh, 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 projects. It will also be easy to uh, easy for the commercial industry for commercial industry to leverage as well. Great. So yeah, just walk us through walk us through the timeline on this. When are we going to have a winner? How much will winning teams be receiving? Like you say, this is a two year product project. Like. <laughs> Walk us through it. What is it going to look like over the next two years? Yeah, so uh, the I'll, I'll skip ahead and just say that the semifinals of the competition will be held at DEF CON in 2024, and the finals will be held at DEF CON in 2025. And so to back up a little bit, we're going to kick off uh, in early 2024 and have a qualification round. Uh, uh, in which the top 20 teams will advance to the semifinal competition at DEF CON in 2024. But before that, the competition is really open to anyone uh, uh, anyone who wants to participate, um, subject to some of the rules that are listed on AICyberChallenge.com. Uh, in addition to that, DARPA is funding up to seven small businesses, up to $1 million each to participate in uh, that first phase of the competition. So like I said, the top 20 teams coming out of that qualification round in late spring 2024 will advance to the semifinal competition at DEF CON that summer. And uh, coming out of that, the top five teams will win $2 million each. And 
be able to use that money uh, to spend the next year maturing their systems to compete in the final competition at DEF CON in 2025. There, the top uh, the uh, top team, the first place team, will win $4 million. The second place team will win $3 million. And the third place team will win $1.5 uh, million. And I'm incredibly excited about... Uh, I'm, I'm incredibly excited about what we're going to see produced on on this effort. Uh, the Dar DARPA Cyber Grand Challenge, which was a previous challenge run in this space, produced a number of gains when it came to uh, uh, when it came to uh, software security, and that was without AI. And so here, here I'm hoping to have. Uh, I'm hoping the AI will have an amplification effect on what we're able to do in the area of computer security. So maybe for folks who are listening to this and are, are thinking about getting involved, what, what would be your advice to folks who are thinking about maybe putting together a, a proposal for this? What should they be thinking about? The first thing I'd say is visit AICyberChallenge.com, uh, like you clearly have, and you know, read the rules, uh, read all of the material we have on that uh, on the website. Um, I'm actually going to say a quick aside to break the fourth wall really quickly and ask when this podcast is coming out. Early October, scheduled right now. Okay, I was gonna. I I am not going to talk about the Sibbers uh, because the Sibber window will have closed by then. So. Um, uh, but uh, I, I can I can start over uh, uh, answering that question. Uh, so, anyways, um, well, the first thing I'd say is uh, for interested interested folks to visit aicyberchallenge.com. There's a wealth of information available there. Uh, like you've done, I'd really encourage them to read the rules. The rules outline at a high level some of what the competition will look like. Uh, there's also a uh, Slack for folks that might want to participate to uh, talk to other folks who are thinking about participate and potentially form teams that way. Uh, the window for participation will be, uh, uh, for the open track registration, will be open until, uh, uh, until late winter. And so there's still a lot of time for folks to figure out who they might want to work with, how they might want to participate in this challenge. There'll be further information coming out later this fall about the technical details with regard to the challenge. But again, we're not kicking off until uh, until early 2024. So there's lots of time, or I should say not too much, but there's some time for folks to uh, uh, figure out what participating would look like. And you're kind of like wildest dreams. Like, what's what's coming out of this? We completely change the game when it comes to software security. We are able to find and fix vulnerabilities in software at a rate uh, uh, that today would be unheard of. And 
rather than having ad hoc efforts to find vulnerabilities in code, as software developers are developing code, they are seeing that code uh, uh, secured in real time. So before we even uh, uh, before we even put that code out into the world, it's already gone through. Uh, uh, next generation security review automatically and those issues have been remediated. I think that's a great note to end on. Perry Adams, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much. You can learn more about DARPA's AI Cyber Challenge at defensescoop.com. The Defense Scoop podcast is available on all podcast platforms. If you've already rated the podcast on your platform of choice, thanks so much. High ratings and good reviews of the show help more people to find it. The Defense Scoop podcast is a production of the Scoop News Group in Washington, D.C. Adam Butler and Carlin Fisher help put the show together, and the entire Scoop News Group team contributes. We'll be back with a new episode soon. Until then, thanks so much for listening. I'm your host, Billy Mitchell.